Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. This podcast is about sharing strategies and ideas to help business owners build, protect, and transition their businesses for the future while creating more balance in their life. Your host is Thomas J. Perrone, CLUCIC, and president of the New England Consulting Group of Guilford Incorporated, consulting business owners for over 50 years. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. Hi, I'm Tom Perrone, and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about learning strategies to build your business, to create greater profit, but to create also an abundance of leisure time so you can enjoy what you're building. Today, we have a wonderful guest, and I would like to introduce to you Mary Simon, welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast, and thank you for for participating today, Mary. Thank you, Tom. Great to be with you as always. It's good to hear your voice. You know, I'm really excited uh, to uh, talk to you today because uh, you being in the communication specialty and business, um, just getting off a podcast with a human resource consultant, they were talking about the importance of communication. And I couldn't have a better person on this show to talk about it than you. But Mary, before I go on, let me uh, let the audience know who you are. Um, Mary Simon, she partners with leaders, teams, boards at the intersection of business, brain, science, ROI, and sometimes negotiation. Most of her roll-up-the-sleeves work centers on helping clients get unstuck so that they can navigate transitions and changes and disruptions. She applies brain science in the ways that translate into momentum, traction for the individual leaders, teams, and businesses. A few results of her work include clients make better decisions, communicate more effectively, are more confident and transparent as leaders. We have had Mary on a Zoom presentation a couple of weeks ago, and she blew things away. We learned more about communication. So Mary, I'm hoping that you can uh, do the same thing on the audio part as you did with the visual, but I know um, we're going to talk a little bit about neuroscience and the conversational intelligence basics to create momentum or movement towards goals and aspirations today. So welcome to the show, Mary. Thank you so much, Tom. It's great to be here. I love the the Zoom presentation that we had and the questions were fabulous. Yeah. So thank you, Tom. Um, Mary, you know, let me ask you this though. You have a great background, but how did you get started in this profession? Boy, that is a great question. Um, you know, I, 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 love, um, I love negotiation. I love brain science. I love business. And when I began my career, um, I knew that I wanted to bring the three together and I wanted to zero in on um, the problems that, that business owners have that because they're in it every day, working hard uh, and building building value, um, they can sometimes lose sight of how to get from A to B, uh, even though somewhere 
they've done it already. So I, um, I've, you know, I've done, like everybody, I've, I've taken all kinds of courses and certifications and degrees to go deeper on how to help businesses get more value out of every decision they make and every interaction that they have. Um, yes, and I know when you talk about your background, it's very deep and extensive. So what do you think are the things, you know, as a business person uh, in a specialty, what do you think are the things that kind of brought you to this stage of success? I think there are a few things. Um, that's a really good question. Uh, and I guess I would start with every individual is somewhat different. So um, the more quickly I can get to the root of what a challenge might be in terms of leading or communicating or handling a tough situation, um, the better the business is going to run. The second thing is um, it's not my show. It's the, it's the business owner's show. And so I'm often invisible to the majority of people except for the individual or the individuals who've hired me. So for example, I've done a lot of work with uh, businesses that decide to sell or um, to merge. And rather than being at the table for all the key meetings, I'm working directly with the team that is selling. And we're on the phone sometimes, you know, 12 hours a day to prepare for the key meeting. So I always make sure that um, I keep my profile secondary to the need and the, the prominence and the effectiveness, kind of the, the empowerment, so to speak, of the business owner. I'm there for them and for the team. Um, and third, um, I, like most people I know, tend to be pretty curious. So there isn't anything, any question or any industry that I'm not going to want to learn more about. Um, and I've worked in 16 different industries at this point. Wow. So, um, you know, it's, it's always been exciting. It's always been interesting. And it's always been about the client and their success. You know, the one common trait I am finding as I interview people who are very successful in what they do, like yourself, is that um, I find that, uh, if I could put it in a phrase, they help the business owners to build the building, but they don't build it for them. And that's exactly what you kind of told us. You're in yeah, the that's background perfect. with no ego. That's, yeah. 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 You know, it, it, I, like a lot of us, have seen a lot of different kinds of advisors or coaches or consultants who um, somehow feature prominently in reports or discussions or, you know, any, any kind of uh, debrief. And that's not my thing. I want, for example, um, not too long ago, I worked with a major architecture firm and the owner wanted to sell and had a number of offers. Um, they also had, um, when they made the final decision to 
to and selected a, a buyer. Um, it was they were in pretty interesting territory because they'd never done it before, and they were not as likely nor as equipped to take all of the interests that they had as a seller and put them on the table where on the other side, on the buyer's side, there were um, attorneys, valuation specialists, the, the owners, and they felt the seller felt outnumbered. So my invisibility and yet my access by phone, Zoom, text, uh, throughout the process from, from letter of intent to change of control brought success in a way that the seller could own. And um, only at the very end, I think intuitively the buyer knew there was someone like me in the picture because they saw how the seller was operating and they were shifting and they, they probably asked questions that not most buyers might or sellers might ask. Um, but it wasn't until the very end when there was a celebration uh, and the, you know, the clinking of champagne glasses at the, the change of control meeting, um, did they find out who it was. And, um, and they were intrigued and they were also actually a little intimidated, which is part of it, not by me, but by the fact that I was in the picture and I was helping the seller in ways that the buyer couldn't really uh, anticipate. So by being invisible in those kinds of um, really important moments in a business, it really gives the seller full reign to be the very best that they can be and not be upstaged, not be preoccupied or distracted with a person they've brought in, but to get the benefit from it. So that that really gave it, it was interesting it was intriguing and it was powerful and, and you know what exactly what i like to do yeah and well what's uh, this story just keeps coming back to uh my thinking about uh you know good baseball players or good hitters have a batting coach good pitchers have a right and business owners need to have some form of coaching whatever part that they need. And that's where you were. That's um, right. And I think a good coach like yourself doesn't have an ego, but you're there to empower people that are running business because it's too hard to do all that you need to do to run a business. And there's, right. you know, the focus, you know, so that, no, that's a good story. So Mary, tell us um, a little bit about, because we have a lot of medium to small size uh, business owners that listen to this podcast, tell us how you work with them. Typically, I'll be invited in by the owner, um, and it's by referral. Uh, they might have been at a function or a meeting in which my name had come up that, you know, I was I was a strategic advisor or whatever the appropriate term would be that um, would be used in that kind of referral context. And um, and a little bit of a story goes along with the referral usually, and that um, owner will then reach out. And if they have an HR person, sometimes they will get involved, but often it really is the owner because the owner is the one who has to feel comfortable with 
um, A, the uh, process, B, the person, uh, yours truly, and C, what the outcomes or the results are going to be like. So um, they will reach out by email or by um, phone, and I'll spend a good 45 minutes to an hour in kind of a, a you might call it a chemistry meeting to see if there is a fit in how we think, how we communicate, and and also in expectations. Because you can have coaches and you can have clients, but not everybody's a good client and not everybody is, a, is ready to be fully transparent with somebody. Um, and they're not accustomed to having a coach work with them. So it can be a bit of a learning process and people have to kind of be open to all of what it is they might not know about the process. So after the chemistry meeting, if it if it goes well, um, we have an initial scoping out of duration of the uh, engagement. And, you know, if it is a if it's a merger and acquisition, it's often six months to a year to, to plan and tee up for things. Um, otherwise, it can be three to six months, depending on the kind of the magnitude of the issue that, that's being dealt with. Um, and it often is a weekly meeting. It can be 20 minutes, 30 minutes in preparation for a key meeting. Um, or a key interaction with vendor, um, employee, uh, if, there's, uh, if there are key stakeholders in the business, which usually there are, you know, that, that there might be a problematic situation with a stakeholder. So it can be a 20, 30-minute meeting or an hour meeting, but often there's some touching base every week with the goal of particular kinds of results that the, the owner wants. And um, in between, depending on the um, significance of the issue that the owner is, is working on, uh, I will make myself available for very brief um, interaction by phone or text to be, so for example, um, a client who is um, the founder of a robotics company. Um, she worked at Bell Labs and, and has her MBA and is a very high-powered engineer, um, has been a client for a number of years and, and very good technically and in terms of business. And yet, at times, the people issues can be a bit of a challenge. And so this individual will be driving uh, from one facility to another and will give me a call and say, I have this issue I'm going to deal with at three o'clock today and maybe it'll be 11 o'clock my time and we take 20 minutes sometime in the next three, four hours while I'm on the road to uh, let me think through how I can address this and get your input. So it's not only the weekly meetings, but it's also the time in between. And the whole idea is to make sure that there is momentum, that the business owner and or the team experience around where they want to go and the kinds of outcomes or results that they want to achieve. You know, one might say, uh, and to simplify it, uh, you're really working with business owners because of a lot of issues. You're always holding hands because 
they've hired you and they want you to be basically you're the source so right. you have to be available and again they they like brevity in their life they want to That's get right. it off the, right so, yep. so they, you sure. know and the fewer the words the better um yeah. also it's a place where people can actually you know, talk honestly about what is going on rather than be concerned about the impact of every word. Right. And I don't know about you, but there aren't too many places where you can do that and feel like you're not going to be judged or, you know, that you could potentially alienate somebody who you don't want to alienate. Um, So it's a, it's kind of, I, I, you know, it sounds like an ego statement, and I don't want it to come out that way at all, but it really is a rare commodity to have the benefit of a coach, particularly as you're working through key issues that are central to the business, and you as a leader have to solve them and really need to have that um, expertise and um you know, just like a batting coach, you know, they can see things that the person who's at bat or is it has is holding the bat is not going to see. They're not going to see what it is that their blind spots are. And it is up to the coach to be the one to point them out in a way that the client can hear. Yeah. And, and sometimes direct and black and white is the only way it works. As I say That's to my right. wife, if, you need, if, if I say if, I, if you needed brain surgery next Wednesday and it was the nicest doctor in town, but you had this terrible, arrogant doctor that was the best, who do you want? I'll go yep. with the arrogant every day. You know, not that you're arrogant, yep. but I know what you're saying because I, when you were telling me about contacting people, I know at times I have felt rushed because I know they want to get off the phone, and sometimes yep. it's not your nature. But so, Mary here. Um, what are, what are some of the challenges that you've helped business owners address? What are some of those challenges that you're called in for? Well, some of the, the key challenges, and, and you know, I, I guess I want to put this in context, too. Um, the, when I'm working with the owner and sometimes, um, you know, their CFO and other key people around the table, um, they have certain ideas about how things need to be done. And those ideas don't necessarily get communicated and translated in a way that can be understood by everybody. So, you know, one of the essential challenges that almost every business owner deals with at some time or another, if not consistently, is um, that there's a breakdown in communication. And it might be with a key stakeholder. It might be with a vendor. It might be with a key employee who is creating a bit of a false narrative around what's actually happening. And they do it for whatever reason, but it has to be dealt with and addressed. And I find that um, kind of going back to this brain science piece, mm-hmm. um, what what ends up happening is people become fearful of not doing the right thing at the right time or using the right words, and they and they forget that um, they can actually keep it simple and that it's about building trust 
wherever you can because any problem that comes up in a business, almost any problem, I, I can't say all, but almost any problem has to do with a disconnect or a misconnection between individuals or units. So there might be a sales team and a production team, and they need to be communicating about something important that they're not. And irritation builds or, um, you know, it becomes problematic and nobody quite knows how to get in and unravel it and build things back up. So my role ends up being, how do you, how do you begin from talking about why everybody's here, not just sales and production in that example, but how do you begin to talk about why, you know, what it is we're doing here together and use the language that the people need to hear so that they can actually make a connection and lower their sense of fear or threat. And from there you build, but there is um, so much that happens from the brain perspective so quickly, like in 0 0.07 seconds, fear kicks in and a little too much cortisol can kind of run the show and that closes off any other clear messaging and con contact that, that needs to take place. So when I step in, I am the one who kind of checks the temperature and the, I can, you know, like in the, the old, old radios that, uh, people grew up with a long time ago, turn up the volume or turn down the volume so that people can begin to hear one another and figure out how to build trust across all the different divisions where you can actually um, pay a big price for a disconnect. You know, um, I have the advantage uh, of listening and seeing your presentation on neuroscience and conversational intelligence. And what I learned just blew me away. So Mary, I'm going to move away from working with businesses, but I want to, I want you to share, and this is a complicated uh, subject, um, but Mary seems to break it down. So we all understand it. Mary, tell us about neuroscience and, you know, your expertise in that and how it helps you in communication with these employers. Yeah. Um, thanks, Tom. And thank you for those kind words. You know, the, the, the most exciting and powerful thing about brain science or neuroscience is that with even a little bit of understanding about what's going on in our brains when we uh, communicate with one another, we can improve immediately. Uh, it doesn't take time. It, it does take some practice and it definitely takes a little bit of awareness, but um, we, we have um, certain chemistry things, chemicals that are activated in our brain, depending on the situation. And the one that most people have heard about that is really fundamental to what we're talking about with business owners and, you know, baseball and any other example you want to bring up is the moment you become fearful or you feel threatened, cortisol begins to get activated in your system. And um, the example that's often used is, you know, if you're driving and you're cut off, you know, on the freeway or on the turnpike and um, 
it's just rude and also dangerous, not safe. And cortisol is going to kick in. And if you begin to feel anything close to a little bit of road rage, um, you're in what's called an amygdala hijack. And your amygdala is, it's got a really, really good purpose. And that is to protect us. And so when there is that kind of, of clampdown and hijack and where you are um, wanting to protect and, and secure yourself, you, what you're doing, what your brain wants you to do, and then how you recover is what's most important. And um, I often uh, refer to this as, you know, when you, when you make a fist and you put the thumb over your other fingers, that thumb on the fist is the amygdala that gets hijacked. And it's up to you to kind of open that thumb, let go of the hijack, take a deep breath, for example, um, and let go of, of the tension uh, as long as you're safe. And then open your hands, have access to other parts of your brain. So the part of your brain that is the most significant in many, many business circumstances is in the front of your um, head where your forehead is. And that's where the executive brain lives. That's where we have oxytocin, that is, that, which is a bonding chemical that is activated. And it's where we, in fact, get into more of an executive thinking and planning kind of mode. And every business owner, just knowing that in the back of your brain at the stem, if you were to put your hand back there, um, that's where the amygdala is. That's where the fear kicks in. Um, and it happens in 0.07 seconds. So it's quick, really quick. And it can protect you. And then it also can shut down your thinking and your ability to problem solve if you're not careful. So by deliberately being aware of what's going on in that part behind your forehead, and if you put your hand there, the prefrontal cortex or just the executive brain, you might call it, is where you can begin to practice getting the oxytocin or the chemical that is a connection and trust-oriented chemical activated. And that is one of the most powerful things that you could take away from the uh, interview today. Yeah, no, I've heard that now the second time. And as you're saying this, I'm thinking, Mary, do you sit down and tell these these owners, hey, put your hand over here, put your and you'll feel better. This is very complicated to a degree, but simplified the way you explain it. And but it brings me to this one converse or this one point. And because you talk about quote, effective conversations more often. Yeah. And is this part of that? Is it how you do you train these? It owners? is. It, it yeah. Is. You know. It, it, and I'm glad I can hear that. I can hear the smile or the laughter in your voice, and I'm <laughs> I'm glad because when I do talk about with clients where they might be, depending on how they're talking about an issue, I might ask them to put their hand on the back of their head or on the front of their head so wow. that they can actually have some connection, some physical connection to what it is that they have some influence over. So there's something that there's a term that I know everyone, you, anyone listening can relate to, and that is called 
being addicted to being right. So, Tom, what comes up when I say that? Uh, when I hear you say, did you say being being addicted to being right? Correct. To me, that sounds someone with a big ego and, uh, you know, someone who well, does have an ego. And see, um, another key term in brain science, brain science is to um, reframe. And if you reframe that, often what's happening is somebody feels threatened. They feel like they're not going to be heard or they are uh, concerned that they're not going to be able to convey, communicate what they need to communicate. And so they get into a habit of, quote, being right all the time. And, and that addiction keeps them from hearing other people, and it breaks down trust. And they're actually coming from that back part of their head when they're doing that because they're fearful. I, I, re I remember that when you did the Zoom, and, you know, that stuck out, Mary, that because you're not hearing anything anymore, because you're so tied up in being right, that you're not seeing other opinions and sharing those opinions. Exactly right. Exactly right. And all it takes, well, I shouldn't say all, takes a couple of different things. One is to be aware that it's happening. And uh, then to decide to reframe. And the thing that happens for a lot of people and business owners, definitely because of the pressure and the kinds of uh, challenges that they are facing on a daily basis, um, they kind of lose their confidence in using the right language when they're trying to move from something that's not working, like being addicted to being right and communicating from that perspective to then moving to something else because they're afraid that if they are transparent or maybe that they just don't have the language, that it's not going to be effective. And so again, it's important to have a coach because making those changes after you've been hardwired for years and years and years doesn't happen without some effort and, um, discipline. So, you know, all of this is so practical and people can relate to it. The wording can sometimes get a little bit um, in the way, but it doesn't have to. And brain science can, can be your best friend in looking at how to get better results and how to communicate and lead better. You, you've, you've mentioned the term recognizing blind spots that trip us up. Um, can mm -hmm. you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah. Um, one of my favorites, and there are a number of them, uh, but one of my favorites is we think um, we know what we've heard. We believe what we think we've heard. And it can, when we're, when we're interacting with another person, and I, I want to preface it with um, nine out of 10 conversations miss the mark. They're not as clear or as um, impactful as they could be. So when you're in an important interaction and, you know, it happens throughout every day in multiple settings, um, we can find ourselves getting preoccupied, distracted, um, a little bit um, sometimes um, 
forgetful about why you're having the, why it's important to have that conversation. And so you're not really listening. Your, your brain goes off in another direction. But then you come back and when you have to recount that conversation, maybe in a meeting with others, um, you say what you thought you heard but if the person you have the conversation with is in the room and at the meeting, they will most likely have a different version of that. And it can be one of the quickest derailers that, um, that people experience. And it's, it's a little bit embarrassing. So one of the keys to any blind spot, um, and it has a lot to do with listening, but also other things, is to listen to connect, not to refute, not to argue, not to make sure that you're going to look good by the end of the conversation, but to connect. So you have to listen without judgment so that you're actually hearing what the other person has to say. Um, and Tom, I'm going to take it one step further. Is that okay? Yeah, certainly. Um, we have one Typically, we have one of three levels of conversation. One is kind of a tell, you know, so-and-so, please pick this up and bring it over, you know, by this time tomorrow. Um, and you really don't need to necessarily say any more. It's not a bad level, but it's one type of communication. Um, second level is where you're advocating for a position. So you might be in a meeting. Uh, and you have to kind of negotiate what the um, agreement is going to be by the end of the meeting about a particular issue. So when the, in level two conversation, when that's happening, you're actually listening so that you can advocate for your own position. So you listen to a particular point and then you formulate your own response. So you're actually stopping the listening and you're ready to talk, but it's to kind of overtake the other person. The third level of conversation is where you listen to connect and where you are kind of co-creating um, a, a shared view and coming up with something that all parties can work with so that they're, that can be sustainable. So if you can, if, if you, one good way to take kind of the, the, um, the offense around blind spots is to ask yourself, what kind of conversation am I having with this person? And is it the right level? Or do I need to reconsider moving between the three levels a little bit um, more often so that we can work together collaboratively rather than being in the situation that we're in right now? So a, a little brain science can go a long way toward blind spots, toward getting results, toward building confidence around uh, being more effective in connecting with the people who you not only work with, but you also depend on. So it could be the vendors. It could be any stakeholder. You know, um, as I'm listening now for this second time of this material, it occurred to me why it's so important to know a little bit about brain science, because I used to have a partner that we would be in a client meeting and the client would be talking and I would observe my partner and he just couldn't wait 
to jump in to give his, <laughs> and I, I knew he heard nothing. And it always occurred to me as a person that uh, uh, always waits till someone's, not always, most of the time, my wife might <laughs> think differently, I don't know, um, to their finish with their thoughts. But as I'm thinking, you know, it's a mindset. If you know the rules of the game, neuroscience, uh, brain science, that the rules of the game is before you have a conversation, you have to have a mindset of what type of conversation. You have to actually, for those of us who it's not a natural thing, you really have to think about, well, what kind of conversation? Will I be open-minded? Will I take notes and try to be as open as I can? Because um, if you, I think if you don't have that mindset, we all go into conversations blind. We don't even define what kind of conversation we want to have. We react. You know- yeah, you really bring up a perfect point, Tom. Uh, and the reason I'm so um, aware of how you're talking about what you're talking about is the thing that kind of trips people up often um, is they're not they're not only not aware, but they're not confident that they're going to be able to be successful doing it differently. And um, they don't know what they don't know, and they're afraid of that. (laughs) So, you know, the key word that I would plop in here is that they feel vulnerable. And when people feel vulnerable, most people want to um, close down and they want to look good. They want to they want to put up the, you know, the, the face that's going to make them look good. And that's a danger sign because um, that will shoot you in the foot every time. Uh, it will sabotage your success when you operate that way. And to think about being vulnerable um, as a step to learning how to be more effective in communicating and being in um, collaboration with other people wherever you can be um, is more powerful than the opposite, which is to be addicted to being right or to be the one who is going to jump in and fill in the airtime. Well, you you know, I guess because all the years I've worked with businesses, um, we've always talked about communication being key. Well, that's almost like a cliche because there's more than than communication being uh, important. You need to know about communication. And I could see how in your coaching, Mary, uh, people that are in those decision-making roles or trying to build a culture within a firm really needs to know how to communicate. And so you need more than just, you need a lot of knowledge or at least a little knowledge like you've brought up to get today of, you know, the way you're going to approach communication with your team members, your management, because that really, the, the end result is how they receive it um, and That's what right. they do with it. That's um, right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it's very... And you know, the, the thing that I, I guess I would say to that is um, people become business owners and they know they're going to deal with things that they've never had to deal with before. They can take a course, they can get a certification, they can, you know, be part of a group where they're learning how to do things that are are a bit foreign to them. Um, but it's this area that gets a little bit of um, um, compromised attention. And it is the area that can make the most difference because um, you 
depend on people to get work done. Uh, you depend on people to partner with you. You depend on people to um, be there doing a really good job and being reliable and, and you know, strong in what it is that they're hired to do. And if you cannot be as the leader and the owner and or the team, if you can't be the ones to make sure that those connections are strong and um, working, um, you are not going to experience the kind of success that you want to have and get the results that you want to have. Um, so this is a learnable realm of leadership and operation and communication, just like accounting, just like, um, you know, any, if you're in a manufacturing business, it's like learning, you know, lean manufacturing, or, or if you're part of an ISO, you know, 9000 kind of operation, what it means to, to maintain that level of quality. Um, this is the same kind of thing. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be as tough as a lot of people think it is, but you don't study it typically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Uh, I mean, really, this was all new to me, and I met you, and we've been educated, and uh, so you have, you start to be aware of things much more than ever before. And, uh, and and Mary, do you offer a course for people, like an online course for communication? Um, I'm in the process of. Um, doing, uh, putting a course together that has very brief modules, like three to five minutes at a time, which I think for most business people is the best because you can jump in, you can get that, and then you can go off and work with it instead of, you know, 45 minutes or an hour. So I'm in the process of putting an evergreen course together in how to apply what we've been talking about today, Tom. Yeah, I, uh, there's so much more I have to ask you, but we're running out of time here. But I want to kind of summarize as a, I'm summarizing uh, in a couple of different roles. One, um, I know Mary's background. I know uh, she was on the faculty at Wharton. She's got a tremendous background in all of these areas. And the interesting thing is to hear her talk to me and tell us about how she coaches business owners and, uh, you know, she's like a fine-tuned turbine engine, but she doesn't have to use all the power at one time. She's so very creative and very knowledgeable. And, I, and Mary, I'm, as, a, as a business owner, I'm saying, gee, don't hit me with all this turbine stuff right off the bat because you'll lose me. But you, <laughs> you have a way of simplifying the communication and uh, the confidence in employers that's needed for them to feel that you're, you're walking in the same footprints, you know, that kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Thank and, you, Tom. Yeah, no, you do. That's a great my goal. Job. You're a great communicator. And uh, I, I wish someday people have the chance of meeting you and going through some of the ways you present things because you break them down so easily. Um, Mary, communication is a key thing because without it, um, businesses don't get built, cultures don't get created. And people are become unhappy if they're perceived uh, they're getting the wrong message. Uh, so it is very, very critical. So let me ask you this, Mary. What, uh, how can someone contact you uh, if they'd like to speak to you down the road? 
Yeah, um, thanks, Tom. You know, I think uh, one of the best ways to do it would be to link on LinkedIn. Uh, so Mary B. Simon um, via LinkedIn or website um, www.marybsimon.com um, is another good way. And um, I am open to, you know, a 15 minute to 30 minute kind of discovery call uh, from anyone who might be listening to this and have some questions about how they can work on the things that are most important to them and to their business. Uh, great offer. That's nice of you, Mary. And if those of you who uh, don't write down or don't remember how to get in touch with Mary, if you email me and I'll give you my contact information later as we close out, you can email me. I'll get you all the contact information to Mary. And I can only tell you, um, Mary's uh, got a, a tremendous amount of uh, education and teaches very, very well. Um, we've witnessed it and we really, really have enjoyed it. Mary, is there anything else you'd like to mention to us or bring up? Well, the only other thing that I would uh, mention is that, um, Tom, you're a prince. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for how you do it. And thank you for making a difference in uh, the broader business community. It's tremendous. Well, thank you, Mary. And folks, thanks for tuning in. And um, again, remember the Building uh, and Protecting Your Business Worth prod prod podcast is really about sharing ideas in business strategies to help you create profits, build your business, but maybe most of all, find all, a lot more leisure time to take a walk to the beach and enjoy your family. Mary, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Have a wonderful week. Thank you. My pleasure. It's always great to be with you. Thanks so Thanks. much. Thank you for tuning in. Whenever you're ready to grow and protect your business while creating more balance in your life, here are three steps you can take. One, subscribe to this podcast. To request a free copy of Tom's newly published book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, email Tom at tperone at necggincinc.com. And on the subject line, type DNA. Include your mailing address. And thirdly, take the one-minute scorecard and report to see how efficient you are in your business planning. Email tperone at necgginc.com and request scorecard. For additional information, click the show notes.